How's everybody? Good. Well, welcome. Welcome. I have a couple of announcements. First of all, as a reminder that confirmation class is today at 4.30. Also a reminder this coming Wednesday night is our supper. I postponed from last Wednesday. A reminder that uh, we, will be, we are collecting peanut butter now every month. I know that's been some confusion about that, but that's what the uh, uh, community ministries wants us to do is uh, they've assigned each church different foods so that their pantries are stocked with what they need. So we're collecting peanut butter every month for our local missions. Also, you might have seen in the bulletin about the mission kids were collecting news books this month. I want to remind you of that. And also uh, that, again, about South Carolina Annual Conference mission emphasis this year to collect a million new books for elementary and preschool age children. More information about both of these things are, is in your newsletter and your bulletins. Kevin Duncan is going to come up to the lectern and give us a, a report for, uh, on finances from 2013. And then after that, I will, we will be welcoming into our fellowship Lisa and Reed Kennedy, who are transferring to us from uh, a Presbyterian church. And we're really happy to join them. We'll call them up as soon as Kevin gets through and do that. And this morning at 9 o'clock, we join Bob and Bobby McQuaid in the 9 o'clock service. Good morning. I'm here to give some reflection on 2013. Uh, the finances of our church, and then also a little bit touching on the future of our church. As you know, keeping to and following a budget is difficult. Uh, I think we all in the congregation understand that. And with that, trying to keep to a budget and set a budget, I definitely need to thank some people that make my job as chairman of finance a lot easier. First, I'd like to thank the members of Memorial United Methodist Church. Your stewardship your giving of your time, your talents, and your tithes is remarkable, and we have such a great congregation. I have to thank our staff. We have a fantastic and dynamic staff that truly love this church and are passionate for its growth. I'd like to thank Staff Parish, that committee. They put a lot of work in, and some tough decisions come from that committee. I'd like to thank the members of the Finance Committee. I'm very lucky as chairman of the Finance Committee to have so much experience, knowledge, and some financially smart people that give me the words to speak. And then I'd like to thank the trustees. They keep our facilities in top shape, keep our grounds looking wonderful, and they're always continuously looking to uh, do new things for our campus. With all that said, collaboration is why we had such a great year in 2013. And because we had such a great year, it has me excited for the future of this church. Total revenue for the year for 2013 was $520,000, roughly, with total expenses of $510,000. So we were in the positive. Thank you for your stewardship. Because we are such good stewards, fiscally conservative and responsible, this year we were able to cut the budget by $33,864, which is almost 7% from what last year's budget was. And when you think about cutting the budget, you think about programs that we might lose. But this is not the case, even with the cutting of the budget, at the same time we were able to increase spending within the children's ministries, the youth ministries, family ministries, and evangelism. I encourage everyone to keep their pledges made during, to keep to the pledges that they made during Consecration Sunday, so we can end on budget at the end of 2014. Your direct support and time helps advance God's kingdom here through Memorial United Methodist Church. Lastly, I want to point out all the improvements you see on the church grounds. I'm sure many of you have been seeing those. Um, some of those include the landscaping, the signage, and now that you see directly out there, the improvements and the additions to the playground area. We would not be able to do those without some help, and we are able to do those things as a result of members that wrote bequests in their wills. What a remarkable blessing to have members that show their true love for this church by giving even after their, their death. 
What a true blessing that is. We thank God for their witness. Thank you. We should uh, thank not only Kevin and Finance Committee, but yourselves for your good stewardship. Let's thank ourselves, we say. <laughs> Very few, very few budgets can be cut and money increased in areas that need to be done. I think that's a, a good testimony of Kevin's leadership. All right, Lisa and, and Reed Kendi, if you come before me here, and I want to uh, say something else about them before, as they come up. Even though they're transferring to us from a Presbyterian church, Lisa, ha Lisa has deep roots in the Methodist church. She, grew up in the Methodist church, and uh, like good Methodists, when she married her husband, she eventually brought him back to the Methodist church. That's what she's supposed to do. And, um, uh, and they, they are so Methodist, they named their first child Wesley, okay? Think about that. So um, anyway, they have undergone consultation with me considering en entering into the membership. And so Lisa and Reed, I asked you this question. Will you faithfully uphold Memorial United Methodist Church with your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness. We will. And congregation, I commend these persons to your love and care. And it was it's written in the bulletin, I'm sorry, <laughs> for your response is, we welcome you in Christian love. So now we... There you go. Okay. I didn't cue them for their part. <laughs> sorry. But we do welcome you, and congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Let us congratulate them officially for coming. And here's a little gift on behalf of the... Thank you so much. So, okay? Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. All right. Now let us begin our worship together.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray together. O God, our Deliverer, guide now the people of your church, that following our Savior, we may walk through the wilderness of this world toward the glory of the world to come. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And while we're shifting around, I did leave out one announcement, and that is that we need help to break down the bells. If you would help us do that, we'd appreciate it. Thank you. Let us affirm our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
may be seated. Let our children, our young minds, come forth at this time. doing good okay I got an easy one for you <clears throat> what are these Oreos. cookie yeah kind of Oreo cookies right okay so these are cookies have you guys ever heard of a word called temptation do you know what it means what is what does it mean Yeah, it's, it's, it's something that you, it's, it's wanting to do something which we know that we probably shouldn't do, right? So if in about, I guess in about an hour or so, uh, what are we going to be doing? Eating. eating lunch, right? Some of us will be eating lunch. So most of us will. I know I will be. Um, and if these were sitting here and we ate all of these, would we be real hungry? No, we wouldn't, okay? So that's a temptation of that sitting in front of us, wanting it because you know it's going to taste good, right? Cookies taste good, all that, yeah. So you know it'll taste good, but you won't be able to eat your lunch that'll have good stuff for you, okay? So that's a temptation, all right? But now Jesus was tempted as well. And I'm going to read you a little bit. What do you think he did, though, when he was tempted? What do you think he did? Do you think he was tempted? We'll find out. Okay. After Jesus was baptized, he went out into the desert to pray. He stayed there a long time and got very hungry. He had not eaten anything because he was just trying to listen to God and do what he said. I'm sure that he was very, his stomach was very hungry, don't you think? Do you think? Me too. Suddenly, the devil came along and said to Jesus, There is no reason for you to be hungry. If you are the Son of God, you could take one of these stones and turn it into bread. Jesus was hungry. It must have been tempting, but he did not listen to the devil. He knew that the devil was trying to get him to do something wrong. Instead, Jesus answered the devil with a scripture. He said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Next, the devil took Jesus to the holy city, up to the highest part of the temple. If you are the son of God, jump off of here, and God will send his angels to save you. Jesus knew that it was wrong to test God, so he answered the devil, saying, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Finally, the devil took Jesus to a very high mountain. He showed Jesus all the world below. All of this can be yours. I will give it to you if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus answered, Go away from me, Satan. It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Three times he tempted Jesus and tried to get him to sin. Did he do it? No. What did he use to help him not to sin? What, to help him not to fall into that temptation? He used what? He used his heart and he used his scripture, okay? So that's, how that's why it's so important to read the Bible so that we know it real well so that we can use that scripture, okay? Sometimes that when we might be tempted to do the wrong thing, it will help us to do what Jesus did and call on those scriptures so that we can say no to temptation too, okay? So today, I did bring you a little cookie, but it's just one so it won't ruin your dinner. So I'm going to pat, whoop, that one's empty. So this will help to remind you what a temptation looks like, and hopefully it won't ruin your lunch. <laughs> All right, here you go. Hand that to Noah. You're welcome. And we're going to pray real quick, and then you guys can go. If you'll hand that to Noah real quick. Or just put it down beside him. Okay, you guys ready? Can you bow your heads with me? Our Father, we are thankful for your holy word. 
Help us to study and learn what it teaches so that we will be able to resist the temptation to do wrong that we face each day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our scripture lesson is uh, Psalm 32, verses 1 through 2, on page 869 in your pew Bible. Of David, a mascal. Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him, and whose spirit is no deceit. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
Let us bow our heads. O Lord, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these thy people. O God, you created us in your own image from the dust of the earth. You made us to be your own. And we come this day singing our praises to you. Great is your love for your creation. And we also come this day, O Lord, offering our confessions. We have not always followed you. Instead, we have followed the desires of our own hearts. And instead of listening for your voice, we allow ourselves to follow the temptations of the world. When we keep silent, we waste away with groaning. But you have shown us that when we turn to you, you're full of compassion and you forgive our sin. Hear us as we acknowledge our sin to you this day. Forgive the guilt of our sin and restore us by the power of your Holy Spirit. And may that same power instruct us and teach us in the way we should go. And keep your eye upon us. Surround us with your love. Give us a sense of peace. We're reminded also this day, O oh Lord, that there are many who face temptations. There are many who face the temptations of giving up. We pray, O oh Lord, for all those who may suffer from body, mind, or spirit. We pray for comfort for all those who are searching for relief of pain. We pray that you'd send your angels to minister to them. We seek to be faithful to you in offering our prayers, O Lord, as we begin our Lenten journey, as we look to you and to the cross. Hear us, for we pray in the name of that one who conquered evil and death, Jesus Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray when we were together saying these words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us continue our worship with our giving. Let our ushers come forward.
may be seated. Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4, verse 1. Give attention to the reading of God's holy word. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then the devil left him, and the angels came and attended to him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Well, Lord, we thank you as we begin this journey with you to the cross, reminding us that temptations came to you just as they come to us. Help us to understand that during this time of Lent is a time for us to reflect upon our sins and to reflect upon our salvation. We pray in your name. Amen. Yes, the uh, pattern for Lent is found in the pattern of Jesus' 40 days in the wilderness. Um, the good news is that we know how it ends on Resurrection Sunday. But between now and then, it is important for us to journey, I believe, with our Lord through the agonies and the feats that he felt during this time. You know, it's important, I believe, to see that the temptation of Jesus is really temptations that have come to all of us. There are basically three temptations, and there are basically three responses. And the three responses all have to do with remembering that it is God who's in charge of everything. In fact, I believe that these three responses that Jesus gave to the evil one are, are in some form a variation of the first commandment that God ever gave to us, and that is that there is no other God before me and that we should worship no other God. Jesus' responses are all out of that context. One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Do not put your God to the test and worship the Lord your God and serve him only. I believe that Jesus' temptation and my temptation and your temptation is to forget that. To forget that God is in charge. To forget that first commandment. To forget to let God be God, which means we should trust that God's plan for the world and for our life is more powerful than anything that can threaten it or cancel it. I do believe that our temptation is to put our trust in our plans and to believe that we're in charge of our lives. The temptation is to forget that God has a plan, a plan for the world and a plan for my life and your life, and that that plan is more powerful than any plan we could devise. It's more powerful than anything that might try to cancel the plans. Yes, Jesus is trusting with these responses that God's plan is even stronger than anything else for himself. That God's plan is stronger than anything that anyone can do to him. 
But we must admit that that is our temptation, I believe. That same enticement that the devil tried to entice Jesus with, that enticement that says you don't have to listen to anybody but yourself, you do not have to listen to God, you do not have to let God be in charge, you can be in charge. I believe that one of the things the Lord did for us when he taught us the Lord's Prayer was include his own experience uh, from his beginning of his ministry. When he, especially in the words in the Lord's Prayer that says, lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. You see, Jesus wanted us to know that we're, what, all that happened to him is going to happen to us. That we'll go through the same type of tempting. Our tempting will come in many, in many ways. Uh, sometimes our temptations will come in simple things. I thought it's interesting that both of the children's sermons, one at 9 o'clock and one now, both brought sweet things in as an example. Donuts at 9 o'clock, uh, cookies here. Sometimes the biggest temptation we have to uh, surpass is that sign that lights up, it says hot now on the, Dunkin', on the donut, not Dunkin' Donuts, the other, the Krispy Kreme donut plate. You see, even though we don't think that it's a temptation, it is. It's a temptation to believe that God's not going to provide for us the normal and necessary calories we need that day, that we just got to stop and buy a dozen of those donuts and consume them right then and there. And I'll tell you, I've been guilty of doing that too. I believe that the Lord understood so well and understands us so well and understood what we'd be going through so well in the future. That part of the Lord's Prayer was really meant to help us through those times of temptation. You know, the conclusion of the Lord's Prayer says, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And if you think about it, that's exactly the three things that the devil offered Jesus. He offered him the kingdoms, he offered him the power, and he offered him the glory. And all three he rejected because he knew that those things belonged to, his, to the Father. And when we pray that petition to remember that we remember that God is in charge and we remember to, to have the courage to let God be God. So this is the big temptation, I believe, that covers all the temptations in our life. This temptation about wanting to control things. This temptation about thinking that we can control our present or our future. I will have to say to you that my own future is increasingly a matter of concern to me, maybe it is to you too. I mean, I've made plans, I've stored up provisions, I've tried to take charge of my life. You know that phrase, take charge of your life. I've tried to do that. But as I enter this final third of my life, I realize that I have been around long enough and I have buried enough people to know that if you think you're in charge of your future, you're being foolish. You're being tempted. And the temptation is to, is to lead you away from the source of your true security. The temptation is to think that you must be in control of all aspects of the present and the future. One of the things that often comes up when you're thinking about your future, I've heard this so many times, is, is something along these terms where someone says, you know, I'm just not sure when I retire I'll have enough money to last me till I die. You may have said that yourself. I know I have, but on further reflection of that, what you're really saying is, God let me die early enough that my money will still be in the bank. Think about how foolish that is. You see, this is a big temptation, it's a big lie that we can plan out the future. And in the future, we have some control over it. And that we will make sure that things will go the way we want them to go. But when plans fail, when plans go awry, we're often crushed if that's how we think. 
We may never realize the fulfillment of, of a plan. Or, the, or we may have a future that we never expected. So don't be tempted to think that you're in charge of the future. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Don't, do not fall for the temptations and the lies of the evil one. Get behind me, Satan, is a good phrase to keep handy when the temptations come. So what do we learn as we begin this first Sunday of Lent? As we begin this journey, well, first of all, we learned that Jesus' own journey began with temptation. Just like our own life begins with temptations all through it. We've learned that the Lord has given us a way in speaking the truth in our voice and our prayers to know where our true security is. And so as we go on this pilgrimage to, to Good Friday and Holy Week, which is Good Friday is actually the last day of Lent, I think that an old hymn came to my mind as I was thinking about what I was going to say today. And, that, and this hymn's going to be real familiar to you, but I think the words of this hymn are right on target with this. It goes like this. Be still, my soul. The Lord is on your side. How many times has what the big temptation that we have is to be anxious, to be so anxious, to have all this anxiety? Be still my soul. The Lord is on your side. The second goes, bear patiently the cross of grief or pain. You see, we will have grief and we'll have pain, but bear it patiently. It's not the final word. It's not the final destination. And then it goes like this, leave to your God to order and provide. God has a plan to order your life and to provide what you need when you need it in just the right measure. God's plan cannot be thwarted. Even when bad things happen, they're worked to good by God for those who love him. And then the words go like this. In every change, God faithful will remain. Change is constant. Change every day, but God is faithful and will remain faithful no matter what to change. And then finally the refrain again, be still my soul. Don't be anxious. Don't be afraid. Your God will undertake to guide the future as in ages past, the verse says. You see, God will undertake to guide the future as he has from the moment of creating the world to redeeming the world and as he sustains the world. Your hope, this is, the, this is what it says next, your hope, your confidence, let nothing shake. You see, your hope in these words, your hope in these thoughts, your hope in these precepts and truths that's been handed down and given to us. Don't let anything shake that. The ground may shake, the walls may crumble, things may seem to fall down, but don't let your confidence be shaken. And then finally, it says this, all now mysterious, and I, I, just, lo I just love this hymn as a, as a faith statement, as a prayer. All now mysterious. All this is mysterious. We all know it. We all know we can't explain certain things about our faith or certain ways that, it, uh, that God operates in our life. All now mysterious shall be. There'll come a time. Shall be bright at last. Shall be bright at last. Not dark but light, not the end, but the beginning, the beginning, and it'll be bright.
We will continue our journey next week. I hope to see you all here. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord turn and smile at you this day. May the Lord give you His peace. Amen.